Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bold Prediction Empire, which is now ruled by two kings and one joker. I am Austin Ward. That is Bill Landis. And over there is Jeremy Birmingham, who somehow couldn't get a bold prediction right last week at Rutgers. What was wrong with you? Answer for yourself. He won't. I refuse. I refuse to be. Your kings demand an answer. The council demands blood. I refuse to be bullied in this situation. Good job, you guys. You got it right. I'm proud of you both. What can I say? It's really a crowning achievement of your lives, and I'd hate to take that away from you with any sort of snide remark uh, that I oh, could possibly. I think make. I think you just did. <laughs> I'm that sorry. Was, that was pretty snide. Wow. The, the deposed king is just I, clearly I, jealous. As as the pauper here, I think uh, my vote is important still, and the true king is Bill because his prediction was uh, grander and required. And it was a 93-yard interception return for a touchdown by Jordan Hancock. Uh, all you predicted was a G. Scott touchdown, which seems easy in retrospect, considering we knew that Kate Stover really wasn't going to play. Did did we really know that when I made the prediction, or was I? I just, think we had a pretty good idea. Was I just looking into the crystal ball? Ooh, what does Mario man. have to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> and how are you getting that angle? Don't ask questions like that. Welcome. To bold predictions. This is the podcast daily. And Berm, you're going to have the first crack at this as Ohio State gets ready for Michigan State on Saturday night in prime time so that hopefully you can steal a correct prediction from either me or Bill before we're able to make it. I did say Kyle McCord was going to have to throw three touchdowns last week, and he did that. I just didn't get the 300 yards to cu- accompany it. So, Oh, you got, you got screwed over by making a parlay again? <laughs> yeah, seems to be a regular occurrence for me. Um, so let's just do that again this week uh, and start with this. Um, Emeka Abuka will have 100 yards receiving in this game, and so will Marvin Harrison in the first half against Michigan State. Oh, wow. In the, first, in the half. first half? Yeah, both of them in the first half. Ooh, late work. Okay. okay. I'm talking That's... they're going to come out firing, and, and both those guys are going to have a big, big first half against the Spartans, who uh, I think their pass defense is certainly better than their rush defense, uh, but – as Bill pointed out on the pick show on Thursday, the way that Michigan State has performed defensively against the only two good offenses they've played all year is abysmal. And I think that the Buckeyes are aware of that and will take full advantage. So, uh, And I think it's just important for Emeka Abuka to be part of, getting ready to be a bigger part of this offense again. And this is the time to, to work on those things. All right. I, I checked, like um, by the way, this week to make sure that Ameka Ibuka got through in one piece last week at Rutgers. It looked like he hadn't been, uh, I don't know, fully himself or, uh, I don't know, we, we thought Burr maybe it was a possibility he could have picked up something else during that game. I was told definitively that he did not. And uh, just working off the rust and no new injury. So you'd think one more week beyond that, maybe we'll see uh, a return to form for Ameka Ibuka back to full strength. At least that's the hope he, for him he, he and the left the locker room. He left the locker room with a pretty big bag of ice on his Ankle, but I, I think it was just, you know, preventative measures. Right. Yep. All right, Bill. Uh, I also have an Emeka Abuka bowl prediction, so I'll just I'll, I'll go to that one. Wasn't going to talk about it first, but dovetails nicely with Berms. Um, I am also, like, eager to see Emeka become uh, a bigger part of the offense again, I guess. It's not to say that he hasn't been earlier, just, like, 
he looked a little rusty, I thought, against against Rutgers, and I want to see him kind of get back to uh, the fully realized version of Emeka. And it's totally fine that he wasn't there coming off of a long break, of course. But I think he starts to show those signs again this week. I like him for two 40-plus yard receptions and a touchdown in this game. Uh, he had five for 143 against Michigan State last year. One of those was like a 69-yard reception where they just didn't cover him. and <laughs> He ran almost the entire length of the field. Maybe that happens again. Uh, but even if it doesn't, I think Emeka can get loose um, for two 40-plus yard touches or catches. That probably does get him over the 100. Obviously, I would think so. The berm, the berm is talking about too. And I do think it's like Ohio State has done a really good job of just putting it on Michigan State's defense the last couple of years, throwing the football. They've, they've had 12 passing touchdowns the last two games against them. And I think have averaged 300 yards passing in the last four games against Michigan State. So there's an opportunity there for Kyle McCord, I think, to, to show a little bit more explosion with the passing game. And, and I think that does happen. And Emeka is a big part of it with two long receptions, one of them for a touchdown. That was a great photo last year that Berm got where Michigan State busted the coverage on Emeka. I think they were just on alert for Marv to do something. And Marv just stood there and put his hands in the air while the ball was still being thrown by CJ Stroud to Emeka Buka. like, oh, sorry, guys. That other dude's scoring the touchdown. He's good, too. You might want to cover him. He yeah. chose not to. It's great defense. It was a it was a bold choice. But, you know, Mel Tucker makes a lot of interesting choices. Um, <laughs> Ohio State, you guys are both so right about Ohio State coming out of the gate strong. And that will lead to a, a successful, prolific passing performance from the quarterback, Kyle McCord. And it will give him some time off, maybe some much needed time to rest his ankle. But you're, not, the rest, gonna, you're not gonna make a Keenholtz prediction here, are you? But if the rest of the backup sure quarterbacks kind of a are unavailable, <laughs> then Lincoln Keenholtz will be making his Ohio State debut. Now I don't know how much he may be allowed to throw. He's only been practicing with like the full offense for what three weeks since Devin Brown's ankle injury. It may be. Just a glorified cameo. Who can forget Quinn Ewer's magical three-play three, three play drive that he got against these Spartans a couple of years ago to hand off? I'm sure that Lincoln Keenholz can do that. I'm also sure that he could be used in a red zone package if Ohio State felt the need to do so. It probably won't need to do that in the first half with the starters out there, but maybe there's a situation where they still just keep running it down Michigan State's throat and Lincoln Keenholz is playing and runs in a touchdown of his own. I don't know if I'll go that far. I haven't the Chris the Mario Cristobal has not really revealed itself fully in that way yet. And I hope it doesn't. But he will play in this game and it's gonna be exciting, I think. So that's the prediction he's gonna play. He's gonna he's play. Gonna play. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're taking my 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 approach from a week ago and just starting easy peasy and then ramping up. Well, I think it is a little bit surprising to say that the fourth string quarterback is gonna play in a game, even with Acknowledging I said that a week ago. <laughs> well, and it was it was too bold for this world. It didn't come true. Too spicy for the pepper. Let me ask you this question: which uh, which performance uh, from Lincoln Keenault is more likely in this scenario? A 2020 CJ Stroud type of performance against Michigan State, where he comes in, runs the ball, and has a 49 yard touchdown run, or a Tathan Martell against Rutgers in 2017, where he comes in, goes 10 for 10, and also has a 60 yard run for a touchdown? Uh, that would be CJ against Michigan State. Boo. Which is more likely, he said, not which would I want to watch. Okay. Okay. And I would definitely want to watch Lincoln Keenholz erase Tathan from the record books so that we can forget <laughs> that that ever happened. 
I'll never forget it. That's true. That's so mean. Why do you have to be so mean? I don't like, know. You don't want to erase the guy from the record books. Like, what did he ever do to you? Jesus. <laughs> Holy moly. I, I don't I uh, didn't I didn't like that the attitude and the trash talk to other quarterbacks. And like I oh, that's weird. But you love that WWE attitude, don't you? You'd like it on TV, but not in your football locker room? Garbage. Yeah, I I need an outlet. Like, there's too much drama on the real teams that I cover, and I need something that's a little bit more predictable, like WWE. Those storylines. is as drama-free as any Ohio State team in history, I think. So you think. You better knock on wood right now, sir. Thank you. That uh, didn't sound like wood. It was, <laughs> I swear. Um, let's go... BP numero dos. Michigan State will. Do you know that Michigan State is the second worst offense yardage wise per game in Power Five football? They're 123rd in the country. Uh, only I'd like Arizona to guess State. who the worst is. Arizona State is the worst Power Five uh, offense oh, wow. in the country, not Iowa. So, hmm, what? Suck on that. Are you uh, serious? Yeah. How did they that change? Uh, they were last in every category. Uh, they average like 217 yards a game or something. Not 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 talking points. I'm talking yards. Um, so let's say this: less than 150 total yards of offense for Michigan State on Saturday. I like that. Okay. Okay. That sounds right. Um, less than 150 total for the day. I just don't see how they're going to move the ball, especially if the quarterback that they have is actually potentially good. They refuse to play. So. Um, and that's up in the air. I, I mean, if I was that dude, I'd probably be like, yeah, this is the perfect time for me to sit out. Absolutely. Um, but I, I don't know why you would do that if you're Sparty. Like, you should be trying to generate some buzz and optimism for the future and show recruits, hey, whenever we get a head coach, this is what your quarterback can look like, uh, so on and so forth. But I don't think they will do that because they have no incentive to because the head coach that's going to be there likely won't be there. So, um, they will lose out by a lot and they will have less than 150 total yards of offense. Should we make, make bold predictions on who's going to be coaching Michigan State next year? Hmm, let's do it. Do you Jake have one? Dickert. Yeah, Jake Dickert from Washington State. Boy, they're I mean, going the wrong way right now, though. Yeah, I think it's because he's got one foot out the door to Michigan State. <laughs> Oh, okay. His rant the other day about the NIL was telling that he is like, I am done with Pullman. Get me out of here. And you're not going to have a conference. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems like a bad combination of things. Okay. I mean, to me, the, the, the choice should be. Although I guess you can't hire a coach who like ends the season on an eight game losing streak. That would be yeah, less that's, than ideal. That's yeah. rough. That's, you can't that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. So their fan base yeah, is convinced that they're going to get Urban Meyer and then they're going to wind up with the guy. With, on an eight-game losing streak at Washington State. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, <laughs> I think that'll do. <laughs> My choice is Lance Leopold from Kansas. I think that he, he's the best coach that they could get, and I think that they will make it difficult for Kansas to match considering uh, the Jayhawks just gave about a half a billion dollars to Bill Self. Mm. That's a good call. I like that. I think they'll just bring in Jason Candle. <laughs> I mean... I just said Please that Burn would react. I don't actually mean that, but Rockets are nine and one. They're playing a heck of a good football. That's a heck of a good football team right now. They should be ten and zero. Obviously, they got birded in week one, but it happens. They got what? They got last second birded. Oh, they got mm. birded. Yeah, by the alignment. 
Yeah. Got mm-hmm. it. That's a verb that people use regularly. <laughs> they, they will now. <laughs> How about Craig Bowl? I'll send Craig Bowl to, to he's hard pass. Hard okay. pass. That's never going to happen. Stop trying to make it happen. <laughs> oh, Who's your pick? Uh, I don't think they'll be able to get Lance Leopold either because I think Michigan's going to have an opening and they'll hire him. Oh, that's spicy. Yeah. Ooh. I like that. That's um, now, but I mean, Michigan, if, if they get their way, the NCAA won't act until next year. So will they just take Leopold straight from East Lansing and just be like, Hey, just move your stuff. <laughs> Maybe. I think that's the solution for both of these programs to just merge. And then, you know, Michigan's the rest of its athletic department can try and leave and go find another conference where they can make money and just pool their resources between the Spartans and Wolverines and little brother and big brother can become one happy family. That's my (laughs) bold prediction. Siamese twins. Of course. Yes. Uh, I don't, I I don't know what, I don't know what they're going to do except that it's whoever they hire, whoever Michigan state winds up with, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Could be rough, rough couple of years there for for Smarty. Uh, anyway, back to the bold piece for the game. Mike Hall is going to have two and a half sacks in this game, Ooh. which is what he had last year. Um, the offensive line for Michigan State is, I think it's three of the five are still the same. Two of the three on the interior are still the same from last year's game. Mike Hall could have had eight sacks in that game if he wanted to. He will play many more. Much, he much wanted more. to. He did want yeah, to. He did want to. Yeah, he did want to. So yes, somebody else will play more than seven snaps though. Yeah, he'll play more than seven snaps, and uh, he will use those probably 30-ish snaps that he plays uh, to register two and a half sacks. Uh, he hasn't had a sack since the Maryland game, which I didn't realize, but it's been kind of a like – I don't think he's played poorly. Like, I've never w- watched the game and thought, like, boy, Mike Hall is not playing well. He's just not really getting after the quarterback the way we thought he would, and I think he needs to for Ohio State's defense to ramp it up here as we get closer to the, the end of the season. And I think that starts this week against Michigan State with two and a half sacks against an offensive line that has not given up a ton, but uh, their quarterback play is just, like shaky enough that I think those guys might stand in there and hold the ball, and Mike Hall will reap the rewards. I think he gets held a lot. He seems to get held quite a bit, just for the record. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that he's alone in that. I think it's everyone wearing a scarlet or all gray jersey on Saturday night. It seems to be legal in the Big Ten. I didn't know that, but we're all learning so much about the record book. What I wonder, because I think Sparty will be wearing, like most of those guys will, I wonder if they're like wearing white gloves this weekend or green gloves. It'll contrast real nicely with the gray uniform. So officials will be able to see it. Sometimes I think you have white gloves on a white jersey, like it's harder to see. That will not be the case this weekend. That Mm. is true. I think uh, somebody in the NFL was talking about that. Travis Kelsey, I think, maybe was talking about that. It's like when teams play them, they wear red gloves. So that their gloves match the jersey, and you can't tell. Very Mark, I, I hadn't heard that, but I now feel like Travis Kelsey and I are now like simpatico, Eskimo brothers. I don't think that's the correct. That's not the term. Damn I don't it, think I, that's the term. I don't understand about. If it is, I'd very much like to hear that story. I don't understand genealogy. My apologies. Yeah. Anyway, Austin, what's your second choice? <laughs> Just get some more of that 47 in me or whatever it is you were suggesting a couple of weeks ago. 87 in me. That's the Travis Kelsey version. <laughs> Travis's version. All right. Got it. Um, Ohio State's going to score another defensive touchdown this week. 
they've they've had a knack for it. Michigan State, uh, not the most efficient um, offense that you're ever going to see, especially if they, as Berm said, decide not to use a good quarterback, which I don't even know if that's the right way to describe him. But uh, whoever it is, there's going to be an opportunity. I think Michigan State is not going to take some of the same approach of like Indiana or Rutgers or just like completely mail it in. I think they'll try to win the game. Uh, but they are incapable of doing so. And so when they take those shots on the other end of probably like the sixth pass attempt of the game will be Davison Igbenosin. And he's going to take that bad boy to the house for a pick six. He's had such a, a good season. And sometimes I think maybe the attention, at least from my part, my part has been like, he plays so physically and like, gosh, is he going to get, hit for a pass interference call or something every every time and he's done good work on as a tackler but like the the passes defended and interception totals like haven't been what you maybe uh, would want to see and that's that it's not the only way to evaluate a cornerback success but he deserves one is my point and I think he'll get one this week and pay it off well I don't believe uh in this entitlement uh, you know thing yeah. that you're a fan of like he deserves it what is that all about I think, I mean, I think trophy here. everyone gets a trophy here, huh, pal? I'm not I'm not saying that they're going to give it to him for, like, good service. I think you, he's still uh, going to have to earn it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then take back everything I just said. Also, uh, you're completely wrong. Ohio State is not going to score a defensive touchdown on Saturday. They're oh. going to score two defensive touchdowns. Oh! Got oh, him. Oh, jeez. Flipped it on me. Dose. Uh, and one of them will be Jordan Hancock again. Uh, the second one, this will surprise you, is C.J. Hicks scoring on an interception return in the third quarter. Well, that is surprising. Tell me more yeah. about that. I think that it's very likely that we don't see Tommy Eichenberg on Saturday, and that means we'll see mostly Steel Chambers and Cody Simon in the first half when the Buckeyes go into the half leading 31 to nothing or something like that. Then you get a second half full of C.J., Gabe Powers, uh, and you see what these guys can do. And I think Michigan State will still be trying to move the ball and score, and they aren't going to be very good at it because they're going to have less than 150 yards. And I think CJ is going to show people why, even though he's a little bit sometimes uh, of a risk to put out on the field because maybe he's not always where he needs to be. Uh, maybe he is a little out of place at other times, but he does have a playmaking gene in him, and I think that you'll see it on Saturday. Okay. So there, dose, touchdowns. I hope so. That'd be great. <clears throat> we're all uh, we're, predictions. Let's be very clear. These are meant to be yeah. bold. Yeah, that's bold. I like it. I think you're right. I think CJ is going to play this week. Ryan Day talked about CJ Hicks on his radio show uh, and like said like he's close and like making some plays in practice. So we'll see. Maybe that's just a nice thing you say about a guy that you want to stay engaged, but maybe it means uh, he'll play a little bit. I don't know. Um, we are all on the same page here with our last bold or I guess my last bold P. Austin still has one to go. Uh, I like three interceptions for Ohio State in this game. Michigan State has thrown 10 this year. It's tied for the most in the Big Ten. There have been three games that they've had multiple interceptions, two games where they've had three interceptions, and I think Ohio State becomes the third game where Michigan State throws three interceptions. Uh, I don't know if one will be returned for a touchdown. We, we, we banked that one last week. We don't need to do it again. But we will go with Jordan Hancock because he was so good to us last week. So he gets one of them. I agree with Austin that Davis and Igbenosin gets one of them. And Jermaine Matthews gets one, his second pick of the season. Three total for the Buckeyes. Michigan State has thrown that many interceptions. They've also only scored seven rushing touchdowns this year, which is third lowest in the NCAA. 
Like they don't do anything well on offense. No, like their best offensive players are like their center and their guard. <laughs> yeah. Let me. Do you? Do you guys think that this is the worst team in the Big Ten? Uh, uh, yeah. Either one. Uh, them or them or Purdue, I guess. I mean, yeah. that's a, it, talk about upset of upsets that we're not talking about Northwestern. In yeah, this competition, they've they've. I thought they were going to go in twelve, and they've won four I, games already. I mean, Indiana is probably in the conversation. They're yeah. pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I I, I think Michigan State is a drop off. I mean, they got sort of rated in the transfer portal after last season, which is like the opposite of what a team at, of their supposed ilk should be doing. And I just they're just they're not good. I I don't look at that roster and find any players who you're like oh i think that guy could potentially start at ohio state i don't see a single guy they have that one uh freshman pass rusher who like camp jalen thompson yeah. is that his name i yeah, like jalen thompson yeah. I, I think he's going to be good but it, it, he, he's he's an athletic guy i i wanted ohio state to to recruit him harder than they did i thought he'd be like a jonathan cooper type player uh down the road and he's getting a chance to play for sparty and and doing well but he wouldn't be in the rotation for ohio state this year yeah, either right right I just think purely from an actual coaching standpoint, the point that Byrne made about the roster and, and the portal defections they had is the most damning part of the Mel Tucker era, aside from just getting steamrolled every time by Ohio State, which is like not uncommon for a lot of teams in the Big Ten. But he built his whole shtick over going out and landing dudes and flipping the roster over in a hurry through the portal, and then eventually there would be some sort of magical recruiting success, which didn't happen. Like, did someday last spring, they just woke up and they're like, wait a minute, this guy's an idiot. What am I doing here? I don't, like, it's so bizarre how he was able to dupe Michigan State into this contract with no apparent plan for building a team or program of any kind. I don't, I don't understand how that happened. Can you guys cr- refresh my memory? Like, what did he do at Colorado that made him a hot name in the coaching trail? I think he was they, recruiting pretty well, and they won like six games, right? Like, yeah. Colorado was so starved for a winner, they're like, "We have to keep this guy forever." Like, he's he's got it figured out. This Mel Tucker, he's coming. Yeah, and I was going to like, make yeah. a joke about Mel Tucker's shtick getting him in trouble. <laughs> there it is. I was hoping somebody. But you didn't make that joke, Bill. And that shows maturity and growth. I'm proud of you for for not making that joke. Appreciate it. Well done. Well done. And it's important to not show your growth to anybody else if they didn't (laughs) ask to see it. Okay? That's true. That's a public service announcement. It'll save you $90 million. Austin, I'm glad you also didn't make a joke there. Well done. I know. Thank you. Uh, That was serious advice. That was not a joke in any way, shape, or form. I would never. Make a joke about something like that. So, what was the uh, point of your diatribe leading into this? Because I think I don't. I just wonder. I know. I just. I just wondered if you guys thought they were the worst team in the Big Ten or not. Because this is. I thought this was always going to be the case, and I don't understand why it was moved to primetime in November for like this showcase. Like, why? Why did the broadcast partners want it? Did they think Michigan State was going to be good? Did they look at this roster? Um, I mean, I don't know. <coughs> I just think it's bizarre. I think they realized that uh, they weren't going to get Ohio State in primetime 
earlier in the year other than the Notre Dame. You know, I, this is weird because it's NBC. This is three times that they've been on NBC in primetime. But none of the home games were good enough except for Penn State to actually be in primetime at Ohio State. And then, obviously, Fox ruins that. So, like, I don't know. Thank you. I think the Buckeyes are like, we need to have some game at home at primetime, knowing that they weren't going to get the Penn State one, right? I guess. It's just a weird thing for them to be paying money for and, like, designating it months in advance. I just, it, it seems silly to me, but I don't, I guess it doesn't it matter. It's it only- could be at Ford Field. Yeah. They did senior weeks. day last week because their last home game is at Ford Field. <laughs> it's great. They are, uh, in the FEI ratings, if anyone cares, uh, Michigan State is 90th in the country, and that is the worst ranking in the Big Ten. Okay, well that matches what well. well, TI stands for for everyone's information, doesn't it? That is that is correct. Yep. Yes. Crushed it. Well, at least that number matches up with what my eyes tell me about how terrible the Spartans are. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. will get a heavy dose of targets and touchdowns as the Heisman Trophy campaign. This is this is what Heisman Trophy campaigns require. You take advantage of the opportunities that you have to stuff the stat sheet. Ohio State, I think, will get the ball to him. You you guys said early on, probably a, a lot of success early for Emeka. I think every time Ohio State marches down the field, they're going to be trying to get Marvin into the end zone, and I think they will do it three times to give Marv six touchdowns in the last two years against Michigan State, and that will give him ten touchdowns in the last six weeks. And uh, I think he will be number one in the straw polls next week to win the Heisman Trophy. Oh, because you think Michigan's going to lose? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. If that happens, I think you're right. Good. I'm glad to hear that. All right. I don't know that I think that'll happen, but it's at least I I can see where the thought comes from. I think Michigan will win on Saturday. Okay. What's your What was your final score? Okay. Score prediction for this game. Oh, this game. uh, 45 to 3. 45 to 3. Bill and I gave ours on the pick show on Thursday. If you have not seen that, you can go uh, hear some props and uh, deeper analysis of that game as well. That's that stuff is supposed to happen. Like we're making bets, bold predictions. Well, they happen too because Bill and I are the kings and we get them right on a regular basis. Like that's you can just get all the information you want right here on the podcast daily. Burn might get one right again at some point. Who knows? Uh, I wish probably not though. <laughs> Probably not because I take this game seriously and I make predictions that are bold. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, on the podcast daily, a freaky Friday, bold prediction uh, edition. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. If you're going down to the horseshoe, enjoy that prime time experience. If not uh, stay tuned uh, for all the pre and post game coverage on the podcast daily. Uh, Doug and Bill will be down there in the stadium with us. They'll have that post game show going live. Uh, Berm and I will have some snappy J's, some notebook and pregame keys and everything else to get set for Ohio State and Michigan State, 730 in the horseshoe. We'll see you all there. That's Bill and Berm. I'm Austin. See you later.